0: Originally from New Orleans, Amaya Scott was forced to leave her home in 2005 during Hurricane Katrina. She moved to Atlanta, and it was with this new start that Amaya discovered the ballroom scene where she quickly started making a name for herself. All of this laying the groundwork for her launch into Hollywood. Not only does she have 1.6 million followers on Instagram, she's on the TV show Star, which Lee Daniels created, and she's one of the only trans actors in a leading role on TV. While her character on Star is groundbreaking for a number of reasons that you'll hear about, at times it can be difficult to play a trans character that's going through so many of the very things that she went through herself. Amaya describes this as reopening wounds that have just started to heal. From luminary media, I'm Jeffrey Masters and this is LGBTQ and A I cannot believe that your first, Professional acting job is on a hit TV show where Queen Latifah is playing your mother. Yes, that is wild. Yes, it's. I mean, like it's almost as crazy as Patti LaBelle playing my grandmother, right? Yes, and so Lee Daniels found you because your Instagram was very large, and his yeah. sister followed you. Yeah, at that
1: time, he did not know that you could act, but did you? He he took a chance with me. I feel like in this, like in a way, I've somewhat acted my whole life unofficially. I mean just different characters and things like that. Like I was talented in theater, but I didn't know how far that, that would go. So yeah, he took a really big chance with me and he constantly says, I like which is so sweet that uh like I not only did my job, but I rose to the occasion and far beyond it. So I'm thankful that everyone seems to like my character and I'm so happy that he gave me the chance. Did you have any worries that you might not be able to rise the occasion? Yeah, like I think that I was very intimidated going into it by it being something that I've never done before. And then, yeah, like I think that that's scary. It was scary. Like, I hope that they liked it. I hope that my performance was authentic. I hope, like, I really wanted to make Lee proud. And he gave me some advice when I first started. He was like, the best way to act is to not try. He said, just be natural. And that's what I've been doing, and it seems to be working. Yeah, I love that.
0: <laughs> also, the character is this three-dimensional character. Yeah, She's a serious regular. She's trans. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. But on top of all that, I think it's pretty
1: radical that your character's also a parent. Yeah,
0: She has a son.
1: Yeah, she does. She just found out about her son, Jaden. And I think um, it's really dope to be represented. Like with Lee, I think that the representation and the visibility of characters who don't usually... Um, get those opportunities. Um, They matter so much. There are trans individuals who are parents. So why shouldn't they be able to look at a television show or look at a movie and see like a reflection of their lives? And there's obviously examples in other TV shows of this,
0: but there are not many. Yeah, like it's so rare. Yeah, we usually see more like sensational like version Mm -hmm. of trans people, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so to see them parenting, which is something that, everyone has experience with if not parenting then being parented. Yeah. I just love that that is something that people can watch. Yeah. And I think like especially since I think the predominantly the audience or the show is not queer people. Yeah. That is such a big deal. Yeah. And with this role you are the first trans person to play a series regular on TV and yeah. a network show. Did you know that when you were taking on the role?
1: No, I didn't. I found out. Well, how did I find that out? I believe someone on set told me, I believe, that they were like you, um, like the PR kits and stuff like that. And when we um, do interviews and stuff, I think we were at the TCAs when I found out. And someone finally told me because I think they said it in my introduction. And I was like, wait, <laughs> really? And they were like, yeah. And, and that's
0: amazing, but it also is... It's kind of a problem, right? That it's 2019, yes, that this not, is finally
1: happening. Why did it take so long? Yeah. And it's like, I'm so thankful with the progress that we've made. But we have such a long way to go. We have such a long way to go, but it's amazing because it's not just me and that's the thing, it's bigger. Um, than me. First or last. or We need representation. We need more trans talent. We need more trans writers. We need trans, you know what I mean, trans individuals in front of the camera behind it because that's how to get the authentic stories.
0: Yeah. And I was excited to talk to you because I don't think that we celebrate you as much as, as, and this is no shade of Laverne Cox, yeah. but I think that we hold her up and As a society and industry, it feels like maybe, or I wonder if as a society and industry, Mm. if it feels like there can
1: only kind of be one trans person. Yeah, like I think that that's sometimes um, like how it is and it it doesn't um, just pertain to trans. Like for instance, just imagine how many male rappers they have and how many are accepted and you can listen and love everyone. But right now it seems like you can only like like Nicki Minaj or, or Cardi B. And it's like, why can't there be more than one? Oh, we're not allowed to like both and be fans of both. technically, you know, from how people (laughs) act, it's like, you can't, or like, it's a problem. And it's like, but why can't I like them both?
0: Oh, and it's like stan culture. Mm -hmm. It's like like sports teams who are competing where these are not actually people in competition.
1: Right, when it's people who are doing things, and it's a talent, and it's an art. And I think that, like, there's room, there's so much room for everyone.
0: I also have to wonder if it goes back to like virtue signaling mm-hmm. where people will write about or interview Laverne Cox and they're like, ah, oh, nailed it. We can check off trans and we mm-hmm. never need to cover anybody trans ever yeah. again.
1: Yeah, like I totally think that sometimes not just with her, but period, sometimes people people do things or acknowledge things just to say that it's done. And that's not cool. Yeah
0: and like you said you are not the only trans person on tv yeah you were one of the few in a role of this size yeah but i mean there are like the girls on pose super girl and um i just wonder when you were growing up like mm-hmm. where did you see yourself represented if it wasn't on screen
1: and see i would have to like it's something that i called the frankenstein like i would have to frankenstein my representation and take different little pieces from different characters because I never saw one in its entirety. The closest thinking I'm a trans woman, and a drag queen is different from a trans woman, but the closest uh, like representation that I could have related to growing up was RuPaul. And that was about it, if you think about it. Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, great people. There are many people who inspire me, but it wasn't like, you know how you can watch a movie and see somebody who is like, hey, that's like me. That I had to pull certain pieces from... You know what I mean? Multiple sources to to formulate this inspiration for myself growing up. Do you still have to do that now? Now, not so much, because now again, we do have more trans opportunities. There are trans women who are in the limelight. You can see girls like Laverne, other girls from Pose, and who I love so much. Um you can you know what I mean? Me, myself included. There's just like we're We are now being given the platform or sometimes we're not even being given it. We're taking it. We are strong and we are here and we're visible. And I think that it's such an exciting
0: time because you are proof that you can be successful in not mainstream media Mm -hmm. and then cross over. Yes. Your Instagram was very famous (laughs) to many people.
1: Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. It's so, I mean, it's the biggest blessing because I didn't. No, like the uh, me being as honest as I can be, I knew that I was destined for great things but I had no idea. Maybe it would've, you know, like I thought that I was gonna be an Instagram model, who knows, I thought, I mean, like it just could have been anything. So to see like my dreams come true, to go from social media fame to real fame to, I mean, it, it still is unbelievable to me sometimes. I'm so thankful. Yeah. So going back before the show,
0: before Instagram, because when we were growing up, we didn't have that. Yes. I'm not going to age us.
1: (laughs) So before all that stuff, what did you think you'd be doing with your life? I um like I always loved modeling. Like I felt like I would do something in in that direction. Um, I always felt like something was special about me. To be honest, I knew that there was something special, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And I think the first thing that I had to do, my biggest goal was to find myself. I think that my transition trumped everything, and that was the focus. And once, because there was a time that I didn't even think that that was possible. So let me, you know what I mean, say that. Like, I didn't think that I would be here today. I didn't think that I could be the woman that I knew that I was. I didn't know that that was possible. So I think that once achieving that goal, which I didn't feel was obtainable, it's like, whoa, like, like another dream, another chance. Like, you know, like it's just like all my dreams are coming true, you know? And this is like just a bonus. Yeah. So when you say you didn't think that it was
0: possible, is that because you had no trans role models yes. to like look out and see?
1: Yes, I had no trans role models, no trans representation. And that's why that it is so important because i was a kid that was confused who knew that i was different but had no idea what trans was and now i'm just you know what i mean like existing trying to figure it out because you didn't have the language to say oh this feeling it's called like being trans yes i had no idea i had no idea like i just felt different and that's It took for me to sneak out of the house. I was 15 years old to go to my first gay club. And that's when I saw my first drag show and I saw my first trans woman and like the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, well, you know what I mean? Something is going on. Like I have to talk to this woman. I have, you know what I mean? Something is going on. And I wondered after that, like, well, damn, why did it take so long? Like, wow. Like I felt like I found my tribe. Yeah, I don't think 15 is waiting that long. <laughs> I mean, it is when you are miserable. And I say miserable because I, because I was. I The life that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have great parents. I had a great childhood. But it got to the point when I knew something was wrong and something was different. And I knew that I wasn't living in my truth. So I do, you know what I mean? Now, um, like I believe her name is Jazz Jennings. She has the show, I Am Jazz. And I mean, to watch her transition, the first time that I saw it, like my eyes got watery because I was so happy for her to, to have that opportunity, to have that support from such a young age. And I longed for that. And that's what it's about because now children have the support and now people are taking the time to, like I would have loved to transition at five (laughs) compared to 15, but you know, like I think that everything uh, like has a timing and I'm here now. That is such a good example about
0: Jazz Jennings because it is a radical change for young kids to be growing up who are
1: trans Mm -hmm. and to know that being trans is something that one can be. Yes. There's a name for it. Yes, and it's not wrong. You don't have to hide it. Like, I had to hide who I was. I I had no representation. I had no idea, like, of what was going on. I was just lost and confused and alone. I felt by myself. Because who do you talk to about that? Yeah, and then you're also telling people I'm a girl,
0: but you're not able to say, like, this is what transgender means because yes. you don't know that word yet. Yes.
1: So it's difficult. I spent like a lot of the years, like very kind of resentful. I'm um, just upset and unhappy. And I can say that now because coming full circle, I mean, I'm okay because I did find out. Um, I did find myself. Um, I did fall in love with myself. And I mean, it's it's no feeling like that. What steps did you take to get there? I think that I just had to take the leap of faith. Like, you know, once... I found out what was possible. Uh, my parents at first, with my father specifically, um, he wasn't too pleased about that. You know, to be gay is to be one thing. And then to, you know, now trump that and be like, oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's rough. And I had to prove him wrong. I had to, you know what I mean, prove them wrong. And it's like, I don't want to sugarcoat it because my father and I have a great relationship now, but things were rough for us. They didn't think that this was a good decision. They didn't, uh, like, I was told that I was throwing my life away. I was told that I was wasting the gifts that, you know, God had given me. I was, I'm discouraged or, you know, um, like they attempted to discourage me. Something I haven't thought about before
0: And so you were saying that is that we were talking about how important representation is to see yourself in media, but it's also important for your family to Mm -hmm. be able to point to public happy examples of other trans people Mm -hmm. for their daughter. Yes.
1: Yes. uh, Like, I think that the support and love from your family is so essential. And I know there's so many, uh, like, especially youth in our community who struggle with that. And... Um, I couldn't imagine it's hard. Like, I do have a great support system and I can see what it does for you. My strength and my confidence. And I mean, like, it doesn't matter what, what anyone says or feels about me because the people who created me, love me and cherish me as who I am. My father, who didn't necessarily take it well at first, he calls me princess now because he saw me transition with his own eyes. Like it, Like, it's not a choice it you know what i mean like it happened and he witnessed it
0: i love that that's (laughs) so fortunate yeah going back to the story you told about seeing your first trans woman in this club and you said i have to talk to her yes
1: did you end up talking to her oh yes i did what did y'all say I did. like again i was young and like i can't remember it verbatim but it was along the lines of hi help me pretty much hi, you know, I mean, because I'm this little kid and I don't, you know what I mean, kind of know what's going on. Like it was almost, and she did know, I'm um, like trans women in this scene are so maternal and they're very motherly. So just imagine this motherly figure seeing me almost kind of present myself like, help me, help me. Hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we begin to talk. She asked me if I did drag. I was like, no, she couldn't believe it because I guess I was so perfect. You know what I mean? Like for it in her mind, she said, well, we're going to change that. And she asked me, how old are you, baby? And I was like, 15. She was like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? We will figure it out. Because that kind of threw her off a little bit. Because, I mean, I'm a kid, but, you know. You're at a club. Yeah, like, (laughs) wait, wait, how are you here? What is going on? But we have um, to search for and find those safe spaces. Gay clubs, and I think, I mean, well, you know that as just, like, I know that it's not just a club, but, um, like, the gay club is a safe house. It's a home for most, for some. So I think that that, from that aspect, she was, you know what I mean, like, open and willing to help me, and things just um, progressed from there. I love that. And then you also found Community doing, like, the ball scene. Yes, I did.
0: Is, Is that how you found ball through this woman?
1: I... Like, I feel like everything kind of snowballed. That's not how I found ballroom, so to speak, but that is how I began to find myself. I met her in New Orleans, Louisiana, because that's where I'm from. And like I did, in fact, start to do drag shows. Um, I started to perform and I started to sneak out more. And just to get uh, kind of familiarized with myself, it's when Amaya was born, so to speak. When, um, When Hurricane Katrina hit, though, we had to evacuate from New Orleans to Atlanta. And that is when like, I slowly tiptoed into the ballroom scene because we didn't have that in New Orleans. They were big on pageants down there and performances and things like that. But Atlanta had the ballroom scene. I had heard of it, but by it not being in my city, I had never experienced that. Like I was 17. And when I moved to Atlanta, like, it was a fresh face on the scene and people were excited. Things got exciting. I was quickly uh, recruited into the ballroom scene. And I believe that that is what actually began or propelled my social media popularity. Because balls are recorded and they were placed on YouTube. So this is like the MySpace type of era when all of this is going on. This is way before Instagram and stuff like that. Like I would walk balls and I would win them, but they would um, record them and put them on YouTube. So it would begin to generate hype. Like, who is this girl? Who is Amaya Mizrahi? Oh, she's 17. Oh, she's, you know, trans. It's like that began a small piece of representation. And I think that people, people begin to grow interested with me.
0: That's interesting.
1: <laughs> so I think most people
0: think about balls and I think about Paris is burning and, and now yes. Pose. Yes. And I didn't actually know until pretty
1: recently that the balls exist in, outside of New York City. Oh, yeah. They are—the major ballroom cities would be New York. They would be Atlanta, Chicago. But they're all over. They're in Orlando. They are in New Orleans now. They are They are all over. There's balls in Paris now. They're throwing balls in France. Wow. What is the quick, like, two-sentence synopsis of what a ball is, just for people who don't know? Okay, so a ball, the easiest way to describe it would be—I would describe it to someone who doesn't know what a ball is as, like, a mixture of a fashion show and a beauty contest— there are different categories where you compete. So say there's a category called face, and that would be, you know, who has the most beautiful face. You can perform, which is like Vogue, film, or you can walk a runway. Um, if you have a nice body, you can walk sex siren. But there are many different categories that have descriptions, and you walk them to win trophies or money. And what was your category? Face. Oh, okay. (laughs) Face, yes. I did walk realness, which is about being passable, but I loved face.
0: That must be really empowering to be just starting on your transition journey and to be winning face. Yeah, Yeah. like dominating it. Well, yeah, legend (laughs) says, you know, the word on the street about you, it says that you entered the ball scene and very quickly started winning and dominating. How does
1: one do that? I... I mean, I don't know because I did it like I had no idea that that's how it would go. I was 17 years old. I didn't know myself, you know what I mean? Like at all, I just kind of stumbled upon my path and I was with school. Like I lost everything, you know, like in the hurricane, which was though unfortunate, it gave me a chance to start over. So when I did make it to Atlanta with nothing, I mean, it was kind of no place to go but up from there
0: when you got to Atlanta did you start like going by Amaya yes
1: yes i did i met a guy and he assisted uh like in that confidence i think um things cuz i was doing drag but like i wasn't 24 hours as we call it like i didn't live my life as a woman 24 hours and i met this guy and like i met him as Amaya and we fell in love like very quickly and I remember one day I was sitting with my cousin at the house and I was like, girl, he's coming over. Uh, like, hide the boy clothes. <laughs> and that was kind of, I mean, though I did it for myself, but I think that that was the push over the edge. Like, if he he loves me as I am, you know, somebody accepts me and sees me as I am. Things at the time with my family and my relationships weren't completely mended. So that love and that bond really, really uh, was essential.
0: Without Hurricane Katrina operating as this reset button mm-hmm. in your life, do you think you would have uh, started to
1: transition that early? I, I believe so, but I don't think that it would have happened as quickly. Um, when I was in New Orleans, like I'd take like birth control and things like that. I mean, don't do that, kids. You know what I mean? Just for fun. <laughs> Just for fun. But no, that's like the early um, like. It's like a hormone replacement therapy, but the the under-the-table version. Like, you begin with birth control. So I was, like, on the path of transitioning, but I don't think that it would have happened as quickly as it did in Atlanta because, you know, Atlanta is just a faster city as far as um, the scene goes. And with the mall scene, watching videos, it's
0: people... This is the sim- oversimplification. I apologize if it's offensive, but you, it's people walking back and forth in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's more to it yes. than that.
1: What what does it take to succeed? Um I think what makes balls so special is that though they're walking back and forth, it's the presentation and that comes from us like celebrating ourselves. That's what that walking back and forth is. Balls, I believe, but balls were created to not only be a safe space, but to celebrate the community because we weren't being celebrated. So we decided to celebrate ourselves. See what I mean? So you come out and it may not be much. And that's why I love the TV show Pose, because they kind of break that down, especially within the older days. But yes, the balls were uh, like a celebration. Put on your best and let's feel good about ourselves. Let's award ourselves. Let's, Let's clap for each other and uplift each other.
0: And that's often directly in contrast to, like, how the outside world can treat us. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. What did you learn doing the balls that you've
1: taken into your life now? I, <laughs> I um, like, I think that the ballroom scene taught me how to have a presence. Or I believe that it magnified my presence. It, it helped me kind of just sharpen up. It, it helped me. Within, you know what I mean? Like, it just gives you different tools, like, to get over stage fright or shock, because you have to command a room. When you're on stage, it's all eyes on you. So I think that the balls, in a sense, helped me prepare to perform.
0: When I see you on
1: red carpets
0: or in interviews, there is this poise and this this comfort of just like, yeah, I belong here. <laughs> like to me, that looks like it's the uh, the balls coming Thank through.
1: You. Yeah, I would say that I agree with that. I think that because I was ready for it, like I, though this is my f- um, first acting experience, though I am fresh into the industry, I do feel like the ball seasoned me, you know what I mean? Like up a little bit to prepare me for this. You know, everyone
0: has an idea of what they think Hollywood is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. How did
1: the expectation
0: of Hollywood compare to the reality of it?
1: <laughs> well, cause Hollywood is something else, baby. Hollywood is something else, but it's not bad. It's, it's just different. I think that what was shocking to me was that, because I know great people, and real people. Like I was blessed enough to meet them on set and things like that. So I can't speak for everyone, but I think that what what I didn't realize uh, before I came into it is that people are people. I think to like Queen Latifah, for instance, for her to be such, you know what I mean? Such an icon to be, to have done so much to and, and to be so real and to be so humble to meet Patty LaBelle or Brandy or just like, you know what I mean? Like these are people that I have admired or watched like growing up and to meet them, I think that what was shocking or not shocking, but it was reassuring to know that we're all people at the end of the day, you know? Like I thought that people may be beyond their Hollywood stuff and like, it's not like that. Some people are, but I think that it's just really chill and cool and I think that that's what was surprising to me because I didn't think that people would be like that. That's really interesting. Yeah, like I tried to um to say it from a positive standpoint. <laughs> Cuz you know Hollywood can get a little negative as well. Like I don't want to make you like throw shade, <laughs> yeah. but like what are some of those negative things? I mean, um the superficialness, people people may, um kind of may not always be as genuine as they should be. Like, I come from New Orleans, it's a city, you know, based on realness. We just, like, it's just a feeling, and people people kind of like that somewhat in Hollywood. It may be soulless, almost, you know? I don't
0: know if you are yet
1: auditioning for other
0: things mm-hmm.
1: in Hollywood, but do you find that you are being seen as, like, a, a trans actress only? Yes. Y- yes, I do, and I don't. I mean, because I'm trans and I'm proud, but I'm an actress. <laughs> like I'm an actress. We don't have to say transgender actress in front of everything. You don't have to like only go out for trans roles like like I'm an actress. And like again, I'm trans and proud. But I like that um that doesn't always have to be in my description. I'm a woman <laughs> and I'm an actress.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some of the scenes in Star, mm-hmm. your character Cotton we see your character being misgendered and being disrespected yes. because she is trans. Yes. I know it's not real life, but is that ever hard to film? Oh yes.
1: Yes, like absolutely. Um Cotton Cotton has come a long way, but it was difficult to to have to go back like I've overcome some dramatic things. I've been through a lot. So A lot of those situations that I had to portray on the show, though they may not have been identical to my actual life, they were very reminiscent. When the pastor, who was played by Tyrese, pretty much gave me like an exorcism at the kitchen table, that was, you know, rough. And it wasn't just rough for me. We all cried. Me, Queen Latifah, Tyrese cried at the table and hugs because we are... We were in that moment, and we felt that moment, and we knew. I mean, like I can't speak for them, but I'm assuming that Tyrese was crying because he saw how horrible it was, and he may have been like that, or he may not him personally. But it's like to when you when you act and you portray something, you you think about all the situations that are actually going on like that in real life, and that scene, among with many others, were very difficult to film because i mean like i'm like i'm older than cotton <laughs> so to have to um to have to not only tone myself down but to have to go through things or portray things that i've already overcome it's like it's kind of like reopening the wounds you know that just started to heal
0: yeah and especially because I don't need to tell you this, but like <laughs> violence against trans people oh, is yeah. a serious thing.
1: Yeah, that's not it's <laughs> like i <I've, laughs> it's rough. Yeah, you know, my sister was shot ten times in New Orleans. That's just one of the scenarios. Like I can um I believe if it wasn't um last year, the year before it was like one of the most deadly years for trans women. Um I have friends who are scared to go outside. Like, I was talking to my trans friend in Atlanta, and I was like, girl, you don't never, you know, come out, let's do something. She was like, girl, I don't like people. I don't like people. You know what I mean? Like, what type of life is that to live? And she didn't say that as if she was better. She, she just would rather not deal with it.
0: Just imagine. You said that your sister was shot. Ten times. How did that affect your own like sense of
1: safety in the world? Um, I mean, you can see that it kind of breaks me up. It's rough, like we um, we grew up together. Her name was China. It It's just scary yo, for people to not, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, like I miss my sister. Um, it's scary for people to want to harm you purely for living your life, you know? It's rough to just want to like live in your truth and to just be yourself, and you can't do that. People are being murdered for just wanting to be happy and just wanting to be themselves. And it's frustrating to think about that. I um, it's scary to know that that's a possibility. The average life expectancy of a trans woman, I think, is 30. That's wild. It's scary, I don't, you know what I mean? Like my parents are scared. Yeah. It's rough and I'm one of the fortunate ones. And I'm aware of that. Like I'm aware of that. So that also kind of hurts because I know that I'm able to to experience things or though I'm still in danger, it's not even as, like like it's scary for me and I'm one of the good cases.
0: Well, now that you are not just a trans woman in the world, but you're an out public trans woman, yeah. does it, does that make you feel like more or less safe? Are you able to yes, say?
1: Yes, it does make me feel like I'm in danger. Oh really? Because I'm people know. People, people, people know, like it's like I don't um kind of walk around with the megaphone screaming that I'm transgender, like I'm a woman. And I'm seen as such, you know, like in public. When for me to be so transparent and to be so vocal and to be in the forefront, yeah, like like I am scared of comments or I am scared of people's actions. People People are very ignorant. So it's almost like though I am trans and proud, now I've put myself within the battle lines. Like here I am.
0: Was that downside of visibility something that you considered before you took
1: the role? Um, No. No. And I don't, like, it's not bad. Because I'm going to live and I'm going to, you know what I mean, stand tall and be strong. Because it has to be done. Like, I think that that's, um, there was, like, a period growing up in New Orleans. Like, I can't speak for anywhere else because that's where I was raised. But beautiful trans women... They moved away and they started over and they lived in stealth. That was the goal. That is what my aunts did. That is what women who, who I looked up to did. If you are beautiful and you are passable, you move away, and you hide. It was what like the official recommendation was was yeah. for us to do. Yes, yeah. and I thought that that's what I was going to do. Um, I didn't. Um, I like when I started walking balls before. Like, I remember doing an interview and they asked me what I wanted. And I was like, I just want to blend in. And I mean, now, of course, that's completely changed. But it's crazy how your your perspective can switch.
0: A lot of Black parents talk about having, like, the talk with their kids about Mm -hmm. how the world will treat them, how police might treat Mm -hmm. them. And is that something that an older trans person had to you about had with you about how like the world might treat you now that
1: you are trans? Um, like I believe that I've been warned, like I've been shown the ropes and um, talked to. Like again, like I am very fortunate. I I am like extremely passable. I blend in, I, people don't know that I'm trans. Um, uh, before I did my show and played up like a trans character, like that wasn't an issue for me, but I was hiding almost. Like, I I was stealth.
0: And when you talk about possibility, Mm -hmm. it's not because you're trying to hide the fact you're trans. It's just sometimes for safety.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's what it is. Like, I don't have to, like, I'm not obligated to walk around with a T-shirt and a bong and, like, (laughs) wait, I said a a bong. bong. (laughs) (laughs) I mean like, a gong (laughs) and, like, a megaphone. (laughs) You could if you wanted. But um, screaming at the top of my lungs that I'm trans, and it's not because I'm not proud, but... Like I'm a person, I'm a woman, I'm a human yeah. being, and I think it's just hard because visibility, it's like though I stand in my transness, though I'm extremely proud of that, it's like sometimes you just want to go to the grocery store. Sometimes you just want to live like a normal life. Like I don't, I'm so proud of who I am, but I don't always kind of want to shout that I'm trans from the mountaintops. Like, yeah. I just want to live and exist in peace. You have a book coming out.
0: Yes, I do. Memoirs of a Mermaid. I'm so excited. You also have a mermaid tattoo I spotted yes, on I your do. wrist. Yes, I do. What oh. is your connection with mermaids?
1: I have always identified with mermaids. I have always just loved them. Like, it's something so majestic. And I think the main thing yes. is that, you know, because from the waist down, it's a fan. So, I believe that I love that aspect. I love that they're so elusive and I like the fact that people say that they don't exist just like they say that you know trans women don't, but I'm here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> A
0: lot of your makeup too and hair on Instagram has that mermaid inspiration. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you like and I do it um like most of the time. Your makeup. Yes, and my hair.
0: Do you still do it now? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the only actress in Hollywood who does that.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Like, I just know my face and I know what I like. Um, do you do it on set? Um, I like sometimes. Pretty much for season... They need season, to pay you extra. Season, <laughs> season one and season two, I did a lot of it. It's so funny. Um, like, I was sitting in the makeup trailer and Queen walked in and she's like, what are you doing? Because I have, like, the highlight and the clips and the brush and the light. And she's like, baby, like... You're supposed to relax during this time. Sit back and have some coffee and let them do it for you. But I'm kind of a perfectionist. And, like, I think that makeup is something that's so personal. Someone has to know your face or know your style. So now we have, and we've always had great makeup artists, but now I have someone who's really familiar with my face and with what I like. So I trust them enough to do it. That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We are almost out of time, but... Oh my goodness, why? We're having so much fun. I agree. But can I ask you, I want to know, who is Shailora? Shailora. <gasps> Excuse me, Shailora. Shailora,
1: yes. It, <laughs> she she is like my alter ego. Um, it's so funny. It's a quick story. When I was in New Orleans, I was with my two friends. I had never heard this name or heard of this person before in my life. I was going on a date so my little sisters were downstairs, and I came down my little spiral staircase, and one of my sisters was like, "Work, Shalara," and I just kind of paused, like, "What? <laughs> you know, who? Who is that?" And she just kept saying it. She was like, "Work, Shalara, <laughs> work, work, Shalara." I'm like, "What? What is that? Who? Like, I'm like looking around, like, who is here?" And she was like, "That's you." She was like, That's you. I swear to God, she even said she's in the air. And I was like, what? I don't know what was going on. But when I walked out the door to call my date, it just stuck with me. It just like that name just kept replaying in my head. So when I came back, she told me that it was something that I think she heard in Philly. But she said when she saw me at that moment, I just embodied, you know what I mean, that person to her. And I just became Shalara that day.
0: Wow. Shalora, as well, used to go by the name King Amaya Scott. Was King a prefix, or was that, like, a
1: name? King was... um, So, my page got deleted. (laughs) Um, And I think that I quickly had to come up with a new name. And, um, like, my birth name was Arthur. So, playing on that, like, King Arthur. And then Beyoncé, at the time, had referred to herself as King B. And I thought it was cool to be a female king. So with all of like those aspects, I was like, "Well, it's gonna be King Amaya now."
0: <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a nod to trans and drag
1: culture and the ball scene. Yeah, like I, um, like I just felt like it was because a woman can be a king. You can be anything you want to be. Like it's like I think that it was that aspect of it. Like yeah, like I'm a bad bitch, but I'm but I'm a king.
0: <laughs> I also like
1: that you haven't stopped evolving, Shalora King Amaya. Yeah, like it's a constant. Um, It's a constant journey, yeah, like I'm just living and I'm enjoying and I think that these different people, when I look back, I'll be able to look at these characters or to look at these times and these periods and remember those moments and how I felt at that time. I think that they all represent something different. I love that. Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you
0: so much for having me. LGBTQNA is brought to you by Luminary Media, The Advocate, and Hum Media. We are produced by Zach Stafford, Gabriel Horton, Jonathan Hirsch, Elizabeth Mendoza, and myself. With sound engineering by Tyler Barton. We'll see you next week.